Today on Channel Massive Today. Doom and gloom in the gaming industry. I'll tell you why you need to freak out and flow your arms like a crazy person in just a moment. And are you an achievement whore? I'll walk the video game streets for money. I don't care if it's wrong or if it's right. All this and more on Channel Massive today. Thank you for downloading Channel Massive today. The date is July 6, 2010. My name is Jason. If you want to participate in the show, feel free to shoot me an email at mail at channelmassive.com. You can leave a comment on the website if you'd like. We're on Twitter as well, twitter.com slash channelmassive. I think we're also lurking somewhere on Facebook in case you want to do it that way. On today's show, I'm going to talk about new releases this week since today is Tuesday. I'll uh, go over some of those games that are coming out today. I'm also going to talk about a little bit of uh, panic um, as far as the financial uh, situation goes in the video game industry. See what the problem is there. Um, all that and a couple other things as well. Uh, stay tuned and we'll get on with the show. Last week I commented on a news story uh, regarding Finland and how Finland had declared that internet access was now a legal right. And Richard wrote in and he wanted to set me straight about some of the implications about this new law. He says, this is in regards to your misunderstanding of Finland declaring internet access as a legal right. It doesn't mean that the government gives everyone internet access, but that a citizen always has the right to purchase internet service. This is extremely important due to the corrupt ACTA, which is, ACTA, which is the anti-counterfeiting trade agreement, trade law, that the USA started and is trying to get passed in a major group of democratic countries. The problem with ACTA is that they, the music and movie industry, mostly in, in the United States and England, are trying to use trade law to secretly pass copyright laws that would take away your rights and add such laws as the three-strike rule. What is that? Basically, without the proper legal process, if you get sent three letters accusing you of copyright infringement, mostly via internet downloading, then you lose the right to have internet access. What Finland has done by declaring it a legal right to have is prevented the ability of the unjust three-strike rule. They consider Internet access a legal right now, much like that, uh, much like the right to shelter, water, and electricity, as it is in most advanced cultures. I don't think you understood the implications of this and just how important this is. They did this because Finland may be one of those countries, due to their very liberal views on copyright and copyright reform, that are just not being included in the secret active act in negotiations, and thus, if it gets passed, it will unjustly affect other countries who are not part of the process, as it will be trade law. Those who are against ACTA would then be forbidden to trade with those countries who support ACTA. This is why China, India, and other developing countries are so against it, 
as are most citizens who know about it, as it can affect their laws. It's the most scumbag thing the movie and movie industry has done yet, using trade law to get their own laws passed to prop up their dying business model rather than adopt and change with technology. All the politicians who took bribes, like Obama, are scumbags for selling the rights out to pe- selling the out the rights to people for the sake of a few million dollars. So that's a pretty interesting take on it. I I don't claim to be a, an expert on trade law or or the anti counterfeiting trade agreement whatsoever. Honestly, this is a you know a new subject for me to kind of learn about and dive into, and I. You know, from the sound of things, you know, it, there's some really interesting stuff going on there, stuff that can and definitely will, you know, impact our rights as Internet users. And I highly recommend um, everybody go out and try to educate themselves on it. I know I will. So thank you, Richard. I, I appreciate the the education that you're trying to instill upon me today. <laughs> Video game industry analyst Michael Pachter uh, chimed in on his thoughts about May's MPD numbers, and what he has to say is kind of disheartening, especially for the console gaming front. He says the May lineup was indeed stacked in favor of dramatic growth, but despite May's easy percentage and dollar comparisons and long-anticipated debuts for a handful of games, it became clear that several of May's games performed well below expectations as the month progressed. Uh, In particular, he singled out Nintendo for the fact that software sales continued to dwindle despite its growing installation base. Wii sales were down 29% year-over-year, and DS software sales were down 13%. Uh, PS3 sales were up 58%, and Xbox 360 software sales were up 29%. Uh, He said that he expects investors to remain spooked by the May results as they are beginning to reinforce the notion that that the video game industry is in a state of persistent secular decline. Uh, He also says that he thinks it's inevitable that there will be a shift in delivery of video games away from packaged products towards digital downloads, but we don't expect the shift to manifest itself in a material way in 2010. He says, we believe that the publishers and developers of games have created more robust multiplayer content in recent years, and that has resulted in core gamers playing the same games for much longer on average than they did in the past, leading to lower sales of new games. We expect the publishers to monetize the value created by online play, led by Activision. We continue to expect Activision to find a way to monetize the 1.75 billion hours of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 online play, and the Xbox 360 in, in the first five months following the game's release. Uh, he's, and then he, he kind of wraps it up by saying, We expect investors to stay on the sidelines until they see evidence of a sustainable rebound in sales. The modest rebound in May is likely to be insufficient to convince anyone of sustainability, and we do not expect share prices to begin to rebound until later this summer. So part of the reason why the why this analysis is a little bit disturbing at least on the console front is you know I'll just list off of you know some titles for you that came out in May 
uh, Lost Planet 2, Skate 3, Split Second, uh, Blur, Red Dead Redemption, Alan Wake, Super Mario Galaxy 2, Mod Nation Racers, uh, UFC Undisputed 2010. Lots of really fantastic games came out in May, but they, you know, with the exception of probably games like Super Mario Galaxy 2 and Red Dead Redemption, uh, those other games did not perform nearly as well as they should have. So that's a little bit disturbing there on that front. Um, but I do see a problem with kind of how this guy, how these guys go about analyzing the financial woes in the video game industry. And, and part of that is, is that they never take into account PC games. Uh, they never take into account the subscription revenues brought in by uh, games like World of Warcraft or any of the other MMORPGs out there. Uh, they don't take into account those crappy re- those crappy Facebook games or um, some of those iPhone games. You know, surely those. You know, there's always there seems to be always a growth in in those particular um, formats, and and they never take into account what's going on there. So, is it all doom and gloom for for the video game industry? No. And and it, and it's probably not going to improve at least not anytime soon during the summer because summer tends to be you know kind of a fairly slow uh you know sales those are sales months that are like well I I think publishers kind of just sit there and go well we know we're not going to have much coming out during the summer they look towards the holiday season, of course, to make a complete rebound, uh, much like any other retailer out there. Uh, sales during the summer just tend to drop off. There's other things to do during the summer, uh, for one thing. And they don't release a lot of new games out there. It's the holiday season where you're going to see a big jump there. And I, I think, you know, I'm no expert, but, you know, you don't have to be just to to see that there's probably going to be a rebound coming in the holiday season. It's just, that's just how things work. It it happens every year. Open the door. Get him out of there. No, wait. So here's some of the new video games that are being released this week. Crackdown 2 for the Xbox 360. It's uh, one of those open world video games. If you've checked out my Raptor profile lately, I seem to be playing a ton of these type of games, so I may have to pick it up. Uh, you're You're a super cop, and you blow stuff up, kill lots of stuff, cause a lot of mayhem. Seems like my type of game. The first one was immensely successful. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to play it. Early street review reviews are kind of looking a little mixed, um, but that's probably not going to stop me. Like I said, I think I I just I love these kind of games so much. I'm definitely going to have to take a look at it and give it a shot. Uh, another game that's coming out for the Wii is Tournament of Legends, which is a fighting game based off of Roman. Uh, Greek mythology comes from the guys who brought you the conduit. Looks pretty cool, almost Soul Calibur-ish, if I might say. Uh, not sure how well fighting games translate over to the Wii. Um, I'd have to bow to my my partner in crime, Noah, um, for 
you know, for his opinion on, on how those kind of games work on the Wii. But it looks really cool. Uh, looks like you can swap weapons. Uh, looks like the fighting is uh, pretty fast and furious. Uh, so if you're a fighting game fan and need some need some of that kind of love on the Wii, I definitely recommend you check that out. My pick of the week is Monkey Island 2 Special Edition, LeChuck's Revenge. Uh, this is just a revamped version of the original, which came out in, I want to say, 91. Um, correct me if I'm wrong there. Uh, brings brand new graphics. They've totally redone the graphics. Uh, complete voiceover acting now. Then they use the original Monkey Island cast members uh, to do that, so that's really cool. Uh, you can uh, switch, like the first special edition, you can switch between the special edition and the classic mode. Uh, so you can hot swap those out just at the press of a button, which is really cool. It really worked well for the first one. Uh, and it's also kind of funny just to see what the game looked like back in the day. And they've also included some new features like object highlighting where you're able to um, you know, scroll over objects and the object will highlight itself. Kind of makes it a little bit easier on you if you're looking for particular items or things uh, to use in those adventure titles there. Beforehand, it was just a real pain in the butt because you had to you know, scroll your mouse over everywhere just to see if there was something you know, readily available to use and, and they didn't have that kind of highlighting. So kind of brings some more modern gameplay features uh, into the mix there. I guess there's also original developer commentary. So it's kind of like, you know, if you turned on the DVD commentary for a for a movie, uh, they do the same thing here with, uh, I guess you can listen to scene commentary from uh, Ron Gilbert, Tim Schafer, and Dave Grossman as they uh, share stories about uh, uh, their process during the development of that game. So that's pretty cool there. I posed this question on Twitter today. I asked, do you consider yourself an achievement or trophy whore? And do you spend more time on them as opposed to playing the game? And I got some responses here. Uh, one of you said, nope, most of my achievements come as a surprise. Um, another response was, I really enjoy achievements. I play through the game once naturally and then go back through for the fun achievements. Uh, another response said, if it's a game I enjoy, I'll try to get more. Otherwise, no. And the funniest one was, I rarely pursue achievements. I like them when I get them, but unless there is a gameplay benefit, I do not pursue them. Of course, I'll grind mobs until my fingers bleed for a skimpier set of armor for my female avatar. <laughs> and I, I, I hate admitting it, but uh, I've done the same thing as well. Um, I kind of tend to lean on the side of the, if it's a game that I enjoy, I'll try to get more if they're there to be had, but otherwise, nah, not really. It's not something that I feel like I have to do. I don't feel like I have to get max achievement points on, on every game that I play. Um, one game, for instance, like Blur, Blur requires you to um, do like a certain thing, like hit hit another car with a particular power-up X amount of times, and 
things like that. And I tend to be like, eh, you know, I don't feel like it's worth it, you know, to go, you know, once you finish that game and if it's a game, you know, if it was a game that I just absolutely loved and I didn't want to put down, yeah, I'd go back and, you know, maybe try to get those achievements. But, you know, I, I don't feel the need to go back and run the same races over and over and over again uh, just to get an achievement like that. Um, but a game like Fable 2 or Fallout 3, those are two games, of course, that I absolutely loved. And I just, you know, I, those achievements kind of just came naturally. And, and you'll notice if you look at my, if you look at my gamer score and look at some of the games that I've played and, and the amount of achievements I've uh, uh, accumulated in each of them, you'll notice that games that I absolutely love, I, of course, have a higher gamer score for. Uh, other achievements, you know, other games where the achievements are kind of lower. Well, it's not that I hated those games. It's just that I didn't feel the need to go back and replay the game over and over again just to uh, get those achievements again. So, um, you know, it just kind of depends. I, I think I'm on the, I, I'm sort of a whore, I guess, when it, when it comes to that. It just depends on the game, whether I like the game or not. So what about you? Uh, what's your take on achievements and and the ability to get achievements? Do you spend, you know, days and days just replaying, uh, you know, certain scenarios in a game just to get a particular achievement? Or do you tend to just play through a game once and say, well, that was it, and, and the achievements that I got, that's what I get? Send me an email at mail at channelmassive.com, or you can always tweet me at twitter.com slash channelmassive. Please feel free to go to the website and leave a comment there. I'll see you back here tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going to talk about PC gaming, why I think uh, sometimes it's such a mega fail at some points, and some other good topics as well. We'll see you then. Bye.